How you come back? That speaks volumes. And we're going to have a hell of a football team. Be great on three. One, two, three. Are you with me now? Said, are you with me now? They felt this good in a while. They want us to simmer down. Can you hear me now? Am I going in and out? I stop and just look around. To see if you're with me now. Tell me how you're with me now. Ready to put it down. Started the fight. I'm already forgotten, but they won't forget me now. You really ain't ready now. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! You ain't listening, and you're missing out. It's the Cannon Fire Podcast, coming back at you for episode 70. If you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. And Evan, we have got a tough task. Well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a tough task ahead of them this weekend. They go to L.A., they play the 3-0 Los Angeles Rams, the defending NFC champions... But aside from all of that, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. And, I mean, you know, yeah, you said we have a tough task, you know, and then correct yourself. Thank God we don't have to go up against these guys because, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think that that would fare too well. Right. The, the Rams, I mean, right now everyone's looking at their last season, of course, a Super Bowl appearance. They lost to the Patriots, but they were undefeated for quite a long time. And they're just overall probably – if not the best, one of the best teams in the NFL that isn't the New England Patriots. So, of course, it's going to be the toughest game on your schedule. And uh, the L.A. Coliseum, I've never really heard of it being a tough place to play, but it's definitely an atmosphere that can help you out in a home advantage if you are a team like the Rams. Like, to have that home field advantage, I'm sure, is nice because you're going all the way across the country. You're changing time zones. Uh, so I'm sure that's going to throw these guys off just a little bit. But they're going to do everything they can to rebound from their loss against the Giants. I think I'm finally done crying over it. And uh, I'm excited to watch these guys play on Sunday. But they definitely have a uh, a pretty tough game on their hands. Yeah, I mean, the Rams are obviously, like, if you're talking about, like, elite teams, you would put probably the Patriots, the Chiefs, um they this the Saints with a healthy Drew Brees, uh, and then probably the the Rams are in there too. So uh, it's definitely a challenge, and I agree it, it's probably the toughest game on the Bucks schedule this year. Uh, and then obviously, yeah, going on the road, uh, even though I don't think the Coliseum is that tough to play in, just because I mean, it's not like Seattle or anything. Like right. you know, like those fans I mean, aren't like too hardcore. Because, yeah, you know, it's LA, LA, but LA <laughs> football fans, man, they're some of the funniest specimens that I've ever seen. Yeah, there was, uh, there was a video last year when the Rams won to go to the Super Bowl in that game against New Orleans, 
and there was a live reaction of these uh everyone's like dressed up in rams gear and they're in la and like a coffee bar or something and they're watching the game they kick the game winning field goal and then some <clears> dude turns around he's like is that it did we win and i mean these guys just went to the super bowl and their fans really didn't know what to do about it so yeah the la fan base doesn't have a uh a reputation of being a, a hard place to play <laughs> yeah i mean the, the toughest thing is, is going to be obviously going on the west coast that's that's the toughest thing and of course i mean Going, you know, it's a quick transition here. Going on the West Coast, you know, it, it all depends on what type of team you're playing. And right now, this Ram team is pretty well stacked. So yeah, they're three and zero. They're doing very, very well. And two of those wins came against Carolina <laughs> and New Orleans division rivals for the Bucks. Um, but not only the game coming up this weekend, but afterwards, in terms of the weekend trip and then the overall schedule for the next two months. Um, it's a lengthy track away from Raymond James Stadium. We talked about it on the last show. It's a run of six weeks away. So they're going to go to L.A. After that, they play New Orleans. After that, they've got the London game against Carolina. And then you've got the bye week. I don't remember the order of games that closes it out. I know you visit Seattle, but I don't know if that's the last one. It's, Help uh, me out here. Yeah, it, it's the Titans week 8 and then Seattle week 9. And then they're gotcha. back in Tampa versus the Cardinals week 10. And you'll be down here for that one, too. I will be, yes. Hell yeah, we'll have to meet up, try and make something happen. But, yes, yeah, so uh, so with all of that said, <laughs> we can't drive the point home enough. This is a very important game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, I mean, I don't want to say if you have hope of salvaging the season because, no, the season is not over. They're 1-2 as opposed to 2-1 that they've started the past few years. But... Yeah, but you know, two and two sounds a whole lot better than one and three. You know? Exactly. But if you can get to two and two by beating a team like the Los Angeles Rams, then that's going to say a hell of a lot about this Buccaneers team. So let's go over some of the biggest things that you need to know headed into this game. We're going to preview what we can and get you as prepared as possible for Sunday's football game. So the Bucks start. Uh, the Bucks hope to start their road swing with an uplifting victory as they try to get back on pace to five hundred. And then, of course, you want to keep pace with the NFC South because that's a division that everyone's kind of in the same spot in. The Rams, again, 3-0. and They're going to try and stay in perfect condition. A lot of people have them as well. I think it was it was a pretty nasty point spread. Um, yeah. Bucks are Last definitely time I not checked, favorites. Bucks were, getting, Bucks were getting 10. Yeah. That's rough. That's rough. So looking at this Rams team, one of the biggest things that I look at last year – was just the amount of points that they put up. Everyone remembers the infamous Monday Night Football game between them and Kansas City. I think the final score was like 54-51. to 51, uh, One of the highest scoring Monday Night Football games of all time. But their offense is great. They've got Jared Goff. They've got a lot of weapons around Jared Goff. Particularly, uh, particularly the wide receiver depth. Um, but offense aside, as good as they are, their defense is really just kind of picked up the pace this year. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, they've so far over these two games led with their defense because the Browns only held them to 20 points. So the Browns defense is okay, I guess. But I definitely don't think it's going to be as much of a shootout as it would have been last year because, of course, last year you saw the Bucks and their high-flying offense. It, it, I, I would have guessed 40 points for both teams last year, but, of course, we're not talking about last year. We're talking about this Sunday week four so i don't know I, I don't think the offense is going to be 
not that big of a key, but just not that big of a factor. I think it's going to be a defensive game, and I ultimately think it'll be a low-scoring game. What do you think? Uh, yeah, well, it might be a little bit higher scoring if Dan- if Daniel Jones was the Rams quarterback. But um, That's right. Anyway. <laughs> had NFC, NFC Offensive there. Player of the Week, by the way. <clears throat> yeah, and I don't know how Shaq Barrett doesn't get defensive player, but I guess, I don't know. I guess if he would have won, it would have been different. I don't, I don't know. Um, but anyways, I mean, yeah, the Rams, just like you said, they're 3-0. and They're going to want to get the 4-0. and That's not, you know, there's no lack of motivation there. Um, so, and honestly, the Rams have to keep up. Um, the, the 49ers are 3-0 and as well. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I'm not sure, I believe, uh, no, the Seattle Seahawks, they're not. They're 2-1 and right now. But, I mean, Yeah, they just still, lost to uh, like, New Orleans. Yeah, I mean... Like they, the Rams sort of have to keep up. So I mean, this isn't like a, a throwaway game for them. Like I, I know, like a lot of people. Um, I personally think the Bucks are getting like a lot of points, and I, I might take that because I don't know if it's going to be ten plus points uh, that they're going to lose by, um, or maybe you know even win if you bet they win. Obviously, right? Uh, then you're in good shape. But um, I, I just think that that line is just it's pretty high like Tampa's getting a lot of points just right like, I, it's, I don't know man like I, I'd be tempted um, but uh, I don't really bet that much so um, I don't really have to worry about it uh, yeah but like you said and on offense Jared Goff this is actually Greg Allman put this out and I included it in my uh, opponent preview today um, the Bucks are actually the only NFC team that Jared Goff has not yet faced in his career because when the Rams played the Bucks, it was week three and Case Keenum was starting and Jared Goff was still on the bench. Uh, Jared Goff was not starting then. So this is the first time ever that Jared Goff will actually play the Bucks. Awesome. So do we consider him a rookie quarterback <clears throat> then? or? Oh, well, it, it all depends because if you do, we'll just light you up. And yeah, I know. He'll throw for 400 <laughs> yards and six touchdowns. Uh, I, I'd rather have that from Jared Goff than have that from Dan Jones. But um, anyways, I mean, yeah, and the one the one guy you left out was a big piece was Todd Gurley. And, of course, yeah. Todd Gurley hasn't really been the same since his a few injuries he had last year. It really seems to be slowing him down. But he's still one of the best backs. And I think, you know, Bruce Jennings has said, like, their priority is stopping Todd Gurley again this week because the Rams, even though they do have a lot of receiving threats, they like to run it with Todd Gurley too. Right. And that's the biggest thing that we had mentioned before about this road stretch is that the Buccaneers are facing an all-star roster of running backs. Um, you've got Todd Gurley this week, and then you've got Alvin Kamara next week. So you've got some guys that you're going to have McCaffrey to contain. Chris, again. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey again, which I'm kind of curious to see how that plays out. Of course, we're talking three weeks ahead, two weeks ahead, but carolina is definitely going to have a game plan to try and get him uh involved in different ways oh than yeah he did it'll, it'll definitely be different than the thursday night game absolutely <clears throat> but yeah the running back talent is something that uh there's going to be plenty of and the buccaneers did a great job of holding saquon barkley to a little over i think it was 11 yards <clears throat> was where he finished at before he got injured of course the yeah. adjustments weren't made after that and the rest is history but they did a good job slowing down the best running back in the league, and I'm confident that they can try and do the same with Todd Gurley. Of course, you know Sean McVay, he is a ridiculous play caller, so he's yep. probably going to have an answer for what the Bucks are able to do to shut down Gurley. But that is a huge key, is shutting down Todd Gurley, because like you said, he's not the running back that he was, 
but he's still Todd Gurley, and he's still gonna do Todd Gurley things. He'll uh, he'll run right through somebody and pick up a first down when you least expect yeah. him to do it. Yeah, he's he's um he's he's not as you know quick as as Barkley or McCaffrey, but he still definitely is fast. Um, yeah. So I uh, yeah I mean and the Rams offensive line is still pretty solid. So yeah, they're gonna want to run the ball. Um, as for defense, like. To me, it, it just it all starts with Aaron Donald, man. Like, oh, dude, it, he's Aaron, just he's such a weapon that he literally takes away a side, a whole side of the offensive line. Because especially when you're running the ball, like you do not want to run to the right side. And if or I'm thinking whatever correctly, side he's on. and if I'm thinking correctly, he's lining up against Alex Kappa. Yeah, I mean, well, most of the game they'll probably want to, but the Bucks will double team him. Uh, yeah. It'll probably be Kappa and, and Jensen most of the time. Um, so, I mean, everybody, every team in the league double teams him. You have um, to, man. So, you have to. Uh, I saw a stat, like, it's like 72% of the time he's double teamed, and like 73% of the time he has like a positive pass rush rate or something. Um, it was something crazy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, Definitely, um, uh, just an absolute force. And I, you know, I personally think he's the best defensive player in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, and I personally believe that when it's all said and done, he's going to go down as one of the best, not not the best, but probably one of the best uh, defensive linemen to ever play the game. Absolutely. Uh, he's just so quick and strong and just powerful uh, for a, a guy, you know. He shouldn't be able to to match those two things, and he just does. And uh, it's it's so difficult to to run the ball against him. And even if you pass, you got to be sure you know you're doubling him up, and it, it can't be anything down the field because eventually he's going to break the double team. He just is. Um, he's just he's a next level <clears throat> athlete, and of course he's something that every single team that goes against LA is going to have to game plan for because he's just he's a beast. You know the argument. A, you know he's an offensive coordinator's nightmare, basically. He can just yeah. cause so many problems, so many different ways. And the biggest thing too, the argument that I've heard made so much is that, oh well, he's not the same because Indomico Sue isn't next to them. And and sure, yeah, you can make he, an argument on some points. He won but Aaron Donald the year, the year before. Aaron Donald is still Aaron Donald, and that's exactly mm. what I'm saying. Like we can't ignore the pure athlete that this guy is, no matter who's playing next to him. Like it. Yeah, he's not. Maybe he's not going to get twenty sacks this year because Indomitka Sue isn't uh, helping clear some room for him. But you cannot discount Aaron Donald. He is a freakish yeah. athlete, and in my opinion, the best player in the NFL right now. Yeah. So well, I mean, and, and the Bucks, the Bucks actually they had interest in in Donald before that twenty fourteen draft, but um, you know they. They had a heavy interest in him, but at the time, they really felt like they, they didn't need him as much because, uh, you know, you got to remember, I mean, Gerald McCoy at the time was pretty much still in his prime. I mean, yeah. this this, yeah. this guy was, you know, 26, 27 years old, um, and they had a huge need at wide receiver, so they went and they picked Mike Evans. I don't really think they regret that pick, honestly. Um, Absolutely not, but obviously I'll say this. Obviously, you know, obviously you can look back at it and stuff like that. But, I mean, yes. you, would you rather take the best defensive player in the league? Probably, but they're not angry that they took Mike Evans. No, nobody's upset that they took Mike Evans. Mike Evans, an elite, I'd say so far this season, top three receiver. If whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. In one game. I know. I know, and it was game. such a good game. 
And it was such a good game, oh, no. Evan. I'm that guy. Oh, I'm that no. guy. You are I'll update guy. you. I'll you update you guy. with my Mike Evans standing throughout the season. But right now, the way that I look at it, the way that he just dominated New York. A terrible defense. Yeah, I know. I know. It was so awesome, dude. It was great. Okay. okay. Um, Buccaneers right. still lost that game. But uh, yeah. <laughs> let's get back on track here. Let's talk about the Rams team that we're playing this Sunday. I've got a few more things I want to say about the offense, and then we can focus on the de- uh, on the defense for the Rams because, like I said, that's what they do the best so far. Um, but they have a very, very talented young quarterback, of course, Jared Goff, and then the receivers he can throw to. Um, it's going to be another test for the secondary. New York yep. wasn't really a test because nobody expected Daniel Jones to do and that. And they still and, failed. And they still failed. So, uh, of course, you're going to worry and you're going to overthink, just like I am, about the secondary. Um I'm just I'm, I'm kind of worried, you know. I I, I kind of said earlier I don't see them throwing up a ton of points, and I kind of want to hang on to that because I trust that we can pressure Jared Goff because of course that's going to be key in any game is pressuring the quarterback, especially when your secondary cannot pick up the slack. But uh, I'm 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 kind of nervous, Evan. Uh, kind of like me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I'm actually thanks nervous for, thanks to see for the how shout the out on the, uh, on the Bucks On the Bucks too. break? Yeah, man. Yeah, Bucks break. Johnny B Appreciate Show every it. Monday night, 10 p.m. on 1025 <laughs> The Bone is the weekly Bucks break. If you listen to the last one, you heard me give Evan uh, give Evan some credit because he texted me at halftime of the Bucks giants game and said, this game is going to be closer than people think. And I said, no, it's not. And then, uh, yeah, the rest of Turned the game Turned out happened. to be. Uh, but I also I was wrong because they said I thought the Bucks would win, but it would be close. So, yeah, but everybody uh, thought the Bucks would win. Come on, uh, man! If well, you would have told me, if you would have told me it's twenty-eight to ten, if uh, at halftime of that game, twenty-eight to, back. I know we, I know we we're keep back. going back to it. <laughs> I know, back. but if at halftime of that game, twenty-eight to ten, Bucks are in the lead. Offense looks great. Defense looks as good as it's ever been. I would have bet my house. Like I would have done some serious betting. To make my money that I thought I was going to make till Daniel Jones's pretty face took it away man, from me. Man, Rethin, you wouldn't have a roof to live under right I now. I know. It'd be a, I, I'd be doing the show from a cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, whatever you got to do, you know. But thank God. Thank God you didn't do that because, you know, you're not a fortune teller. And, yeah, really. Um, but, Evan, let yeah. me ask you this. Uh, in regards to the secondary on Sunday, what are they going to have to do to basically cover their ass and try and look alive against – Jared Goff and a pretty high-powered offense. Well, the the biggest thing I, I'm I'm concerned with, with two things. I, I'm concerned with Carlton Davis's speed because Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks are two outside receivers, and those guys are pretty fast, some, especially Cooks. Yeah, they got some um, wheels. Brandon Cooks, Cooks in particular. Cooks is is really fast, so I'm not really sure how much. Davis is going to be matched up against him. I'm sure the Bucks would prefer you know to have uh, Woods Davis on Woods and then Hargraves on Cooks, um, just because Hargraves is a little bit faster. Cooks is uh, you know Woods is a little bit taller than Cooks, so uh, you know that could be a mismatch for them if Woods goes against Hargraves. So it's kind of like perfect if VH3 goes against Cooks and Davis goes against Woods. Right. Um, the real concern for me though is in the slot with Cooper Cup. Uh, Cooper Cup has been one of the best players on the Rams offense this season so far. Coming off a major injury last season, he's been healthy, he's been motivated, and 
Right now, you know, MJ Stewart does not look very good. Like he's had some moments. Uh, last game, sort of settled in after getting abused early a little bit. But yeah, um, you know, Cooper Cup is like a whole other level than what the Giants are going to throw at him. Um, if Cooper Cup was on the Giants, he'd probably be their number one receiver. Uh, but right now, Cooper Cup's playing a slot, and he's playing it very well. And MJ Stewart's got to step up. Uh, if, if they want to win this game, they have to shut down Cooper Cup. Um, and, and they just have to make you know Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks on the outside beat you. Is Cooper Cup, for them, it's such a weapon, and they're using him in such a way that he's like a probably like a big part of their offense. Like right now, he might be a bigger part of their offense than Tiger Gurley is. So um, it's a really big uh, test here for MJ Stewart coming up. Absolutely. So we'll, uh, we'll sit tight, and we'll see how that secondary does on Sunday. But definitely a matchup that you're going to want to pay extra attention to because it's kind of a wild card right now. We'll see how these boys do. But let's talk about the Rams' defense because, like I said, uh, that's what they're doing a lot better than their offense right now. Their defense is ridiculous. Uh, The Rams rank third in overall defense and fourth against the pass. And uh, one of the most important things to remember about this Rams' defense is that they're very, very stingy in the red zone which has been a problem for the Buccaneers and their offense. Year mm-hmm. after year, the Bucs cannot find ways to score in the red zone, and we're kind of seeing it, especially second half of last week against the Giants. We're seeing it a little bit more this year. Um, so that's going to be interesting as well, seeing what the Bucs can do in the red zone. If and when I mean, really, there. even like in the first half versus the Giants, if you think about it, there was only one red zone touchdown. Um and it was the the Mike Evans screen pass. The the rest of them were not really in the red zone. Like that, right. that first one, that first one might have been, but like it wasn't inside the ten yard line or whatever. No, um, it wasn't. You know, it was a play that had to develop. Jameis had to find him and float it up over to him. So, it, yeah, maybe in the red zone technically, but I, I get yeah, what you it mean. might. Be, I think what the red zone is like the twenty or the twenty five or whatever something like yeah. that. That's like considered the red zone. So. Um, it might be in the red zone, but I mean, come on, like red zone touchdowns to me are in inside the 10. Can you punch it in right now? The Buccaneers haven't been able to, and, uh, it's been an issue, you know, for, like you said, probably at least the last, uh, three seasons or so, um, that they've, they've had trouble doing that. And I mean, every defense is going to get stingier the closer they get to the end zone and the Rams right now. And like I said, with, with Aaron Donald, it makes life a whole lot easier for the Rams to be, you know, uh, play contain and you know just stop the run completely and make you pass it in the red zone. Right. And, you know whenever you're in the red zone, you you always want to run it first. But he's um, passing it's very difficult in the red zone because everything's just so tight. Um, but you know the Rams are going to force you to throw it, and that's you, you got to find a way. Right, and, and that's the thing. Like you said, the Rams are going to kind of force you to throw it. But I also one of the things that I see about this Rams team that's different than any of the teams that we've played so far is that their pass rush is just not only do you have Aaron Donald who you put him on any team in the NFL, you're going to worry about a pass rush, but we talked about Aaron Donald. Let's talk about Clay Matthews, former Packer. People might know him. He's actually done really, really well with LA so far. He has got four sacks in his first three games as a Ram. We talk about sack Barrett. He's still doing his thing, leading the NFL, but Clay Matthews hasn't been a slouch either. Again, four sacks in three games. Uh, he's definitely putting the pressure on some of the quarterbacks, and mm-hmm. that pocket collapses pretty quickly. And I think they're 
the team that's the best at that out of any team we've played so far is pressuring the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, and they got, you know, not only Clay Matthews, they have Michael Brockers, and they have uh, Dante Fowler Jr., so yeah, um, they can get after the quarterback very well. And uh, Wade Phillips, their defensive coordinator, is a pretty smart guy, and uh, he's going to know how to game plan for it. So my, my advice to the Bucks offense is just you, you got to try to keep the Rams off balance with – when they can send their pass rushers. So you, you have to be able to run the ball well, which I understand it's easier said than done with Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers inside. Right. Um, like it, it's way easier said than done to be able to run the ball well. Uh, but you, you have to be able to run it well because if, you know, if you're going to pass it every time, you know, those pass rushers are just going to tee off. And um, Dante Fowler and Clay Matthews are too good to hold the, you know, the entire game. Plus, when you have to basically double-team Aaron Donald, that could leave Brockers one-on-one. And, you know, I mean, that's just not a, a good – even though he's likely to be going up against Ali Marpet, it's just it's still and, and I mean, not, not a good recipe for success if you have to throw it every single time, you know. Exactly. And, and I mean, that's prime position. Like you said, you're going to be double-teaming one guy – uh, Brocker is going to be one on one. That opens up so much possibilities to send a guy in a blitz unblocked, just because of everything that's going to be happening at the line of scrimmage. So it'll be interesting to see. But uh, again, a big test for this offensive line of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a line that, to be honest, has cleaned up its act a little bit. I'm uh, kind of proud of them. <laughs> they look I mean, really good yeah, run blocking, they... pass block. They look okay. Sometimes they can let yeah. things happen. Demar Dotson really showing his age. And, yeah, uh, the more not, the more done. Like yeah, they're, they're gonna yeah. get like there, there, there'll be a new right tackle next year. I'm worried, man. I, I'm just worried about like I, I keep saying I'm worried, and I'm I'm sure every single Bucks fan on the face of the planet is worried right now. But you just look at that weak side of the line. Demar Dotson has really just not looked good, and uh, it's sad, man. It, it's like it's like old He's Yeller, a good dude. He's yeah, he's a great guy. He's been a, he's been in the Tampa Bay organization for a very very long time. Always been a solid defensive line, or excuse me, solid <laughs> offensive lineman. He's always been solid. And yeah, that's he's never, all you he's can never ask been the best, guy. but he's never been you know like a complete liability. Right. That's all you can ask from the guy. So and I mean, I, I wouldn't kinda... I wouldn't call him. I wouldn't even call this season like a complete liability. It's just it just hasn't been good. That's all. He's just been. He's been too easily manhandled. He's been there. Like, like he's, he's been there. I, I don't know. I don't want to say he's been getting beat up, but going back to what I said, he's definitely been showing his age. So you kind of worry about that. But aside from that, this offensive line has kind of shown me some things I didn't expect. They're very, very good at blocking with the run, um, which is going to be key because, like you said, it's going to be hard to formulate a run game against that defensive line and then just the mm. defense of the Rams in general. So let me follow that up with this question. Do you think this is a game where Peyton Barber produces more or Ronald Jones? Um, you know, that's tough because I, I, I think they're going to want to run Jones a little bit more just because I don't know how much they're actually going to want to run in between the tackles, um, especially the Donald side. Right. So I think they're going to want to try to stretch it out as much as they can, um, which would, you know, be a point in for Jones. Um, but also, you know, how much of a workload does Jones get, right? So right. Um, I, I think it'll be a good mix. Uh, I, I don't... 
I, I think I, you you I think you'll see something similar to last week. I think both of them had pretty similar carries. I think it was like Brown turns at thirteen, Peyton Barber might have like fourteen or something. I, I think right. that's that's what you'll see this week. On the season, I think Ronald Jones has about ten less carries than Peyton Barber. Yeah, uh, and then that's just because well, Barber carried the ball a lot week two in Carolina and, and Jones really didn't. So um it all depends on what what Arians wants to do. Um and the Bucks right now, the Bucks are kinda, you know, um, trying to follow the the Patriots mode, which is uh, w- game plan week by week. Um, you know, game by game, get a different game plan in there. Uh, it, it's completely different game plan. Utilize a different player. Yeah. Uh, versus the Giants, it was Ronald Jones, Mike Evans, OJ Howard. Didn't really see much of Chris, Chris Godwin, you know. Um, versus the Panthers, there was a lot of Chris Godwin, not much of Mike Evans. Right. Uh, you know, so it was a lot of Peyton Barber, not much of Ronald Jones. So they're basing this as a week-to-week thing, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll find out what they think of the Rams' defense on uh, on Sunday and what they think will be best. Right. And uh, another thing, too, kind of talking about that dual-threat running back situation with Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones Peyton Barber, we know, is a guy who, you know, his shoulder pads are always pointing forward. He's going to make you earn the tackle, basically. He's going to slow you down because he's just going to come and he's just going to hit you. And that's great. I love that quality in a running back, and I think it's a running back quality we haven't seen in a little while in Tampa Bay. LeGarrette Blunt, probably. Yeah, but, you know, he wasn't here for uh, any playoff runs. (laughs) Oh, well, how many runs has Peyton Barber had? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Peyton Barber, I, I kind of like to think of the two-headed monster where Peyton Barber can kind of just wear those guys down, run an interior, yep, and then exactly. Ronald Jones can come and clean up the mess if it comes down to that point. But well, the, the, the hope is that Peyton, like you said, Peyton can come in and just wear guys down, and then Ronald Jones can come with the explosive play. Um, right. They're not really counting on Barber for explosive plays. That's why with screens and stuff, you've seen Dare and, and Ronald Jones out there, just because Peyton Barber isn't as explosive as those two. Right. So, looking at this offense in general, the Buccaneers offense going up against the Rams, uh, I don't really see this as a game where they're going to look to stretch the field as much as they did against New York. I mean, do you? They're not going to have the time. Right. New York, New York doesn't have any. So, yeah, I mean, in that situation, they're not going to have a ton of time to do anything. Uh, you know, like the other reason I don't think, like, they're not going to have as many open guys because the New York the New York defense is just not good. So yeah, the the Rams defense, especially the back end, is, is much better. Uh, Marcus Peters, Keith Talib, Eric Weddle, who you know, I think many people Dude, forget that I, Eric Weddle's there. I yeah, I act. You just reminded me. I forgot that Eric Weddle was there because what I do remember is when they were playing Carolina and he got busted open. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I I forgot yeah. about him after that. Yeah, so yeah, they have Eric Weddle and um. I think uh, John Johnson is their other safety, I think. Um, but, I mean, they're all talented. All those guys are talented. Yeah. Uh, Nikel Roby Coleman, who's their slot corner, who's the infamous guy who, you know, got um, the non-pass interference <laughs> call. Um, so, I mean, that's honestly what he's most famous for. But he's been a solid player for them. So, uh, and even the Rams linebackers, um, Corey Littleton, I believe, is still there. 
they just have they have a lot of solid linebackers, and it's just it's a good front seven. It's a good back end. Like there's just not going to be. So yeah, I would expect the Bucks not to go vertical as much. I think they're going to want to get the ball out quick. Yeah, uh, I think it'll be short, intermediate stuff, and then if they think you know. If they see a coverage they like, they might be able to check out and go vertical then every now and then. But, yeah, that that won't be the main game plan. It won't be – Winston won't be throwing for 380 yards this week. Right, and that's the thing I was going to follow up with as well is, like, looking at Jameis Winston, the best way I can see him getting comfortable in this game is, like you said, just kind of getting the ball out quickly, setting up the short routes, uh, dumping it off on a screen or whatever he's got to do to really find that comfortableness in the pocket – because the pressure is going to be coming at him. And if he comes out anxious as hell like he has been right at the beginning of the game, then I can imagine he'll make some sort of mental mistake when the Bucks least need it to happen. Of course, you can't account for later on in the game. Things happen, and I'm not going to sit here and predict a Jameis interception. But he's just have, he just has to have another game with, uh, with little to no turnovers. You know, he yeah. had one interception last week, um, and we kind of accumulated it to a bad throw. But yes. if you're going to have a game with no turnovers, this kind of has to be the game. Even if you throw for yeah. one touchdown and 175 yards. Yeah, it has to be a Carolina game. It has to be you run the ball well, you play good defense, you don't turn the ball over. That's, you take that's what the has to sack be. when you need to take the sack because, Lord, the there's going to be a because, few. Yeah, but, man, I would like to see him run more. Like, it's just... To me, it's just an underrated weapon of his. Um, He's so good at getting away from people. Like, it's yeah, I, insane. I just think I just think it's an underrated weapon of his that's just scramble. And I just think that this staff just for some reason just doesn't want him to do it. I think that that hurts him more than helps him. Well, let's think about it. I mean, I, I think he's made most of his mistakes by having to scramble and having to look for options. But when... he's like he's one of the best. Oh yeah, under oh, pressure. Yeah. Like, and I mean, when he can scramble and we can, he can get out. I think if he has room, tuck it and run, dude, because he's got those big tree trunks for legs that they say on Madden every ten minutes. Um, <laughs> you know, he's just a big bodied guy. He can take a little hit. Well, if it was Madden, he takes <laughs> the guy touches him and he fumbles. So. Right. That's yeah. one thing I hate about Madden, man. Yeah, quarterbacks I, have just no ball carrying ability whatsoever. I didn't buy Madden. Even when I, I I tried to slide and they fumble, I'm like a yeah. Nice, man. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear Madden hasn't changed from the game that we all thought it was. I mean, it, it's gotten a bit better because, like, last year it was, like, every time. Yeah. This time it's not every time, but, like, let's say, like, he'll break one tackle. If he hits another tackle, the ball just pop out. Madden 19 was probably one of the worst Maddens I've played in quite some time. So I didn't buy Madden 20. I just saved myself the trouble. Madden if I find 20, it on give, sale. Madden 20 is better. Like, it's better. Yeah. If I find yeah. it on sale for like ten bucks, fifteen bucks, maybe I'll pick it up. But until then, I'm just gonna wait for the sales because I've been milking all my time into Borderlands Three. But this is a football podcast, not a video. I don't even know podcast. what you're talking about. Oh man, I don't really play those types of games. I get you. It's all good to each their own. To each their own. I'm a big sports fan guy or a sports game guy. So I've been playing a lot of NHL. That's been fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got NHL. So we've kind of gone over this Rams game. I'll throw some fun facts at you, and then we're going to do our checklist. Because I kind of like the formula we had. I, I did this last or, uh, for the preview against New York with James on filling in. Um, and we kind of started this system, and I kind of like it. And uh, you're welcome to add to it. I've got a few check marks. But 
we're going to break down this checklist. But first, let me throw some facts at you, just like I said I was going to do. So, you brought up Aqib Tlaib. Of course, Rams cornerback Aqib Tlaib played his first four seasons for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before being traded to New England midway through his fifth year. Bucks picked him up, first-round pick in 2008. Um, Aqib Tlaib definitely was not the corner he is now in Tampa Bay. He wasn't snatching chains, but uh, he, he was a pretty... Pretty disruptive guy when he needed to be. And then, of course, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he was good. I, I, they should never trade him. That was just Shiano just wanted to get rid of all the, the right. bad eggs. So yeah, um, like you, you keep good football players, man. Like he hasn't been like everywhere he's been. Yeah, there's been every now and then some trouble on the field, but you never really hear anything off the field or inside the locker room. He, he's right. you know that's the type of player you keep. You know? He's a Super Bowl champion. At the end of the day, that's what matters. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, former Buccaneer, and then many people don't know this. I'm sure a lot of people found out, just like myself recently, but Sean McVay started his career in Tampa Bay under John Gruden. Yep. Yep. He was a uh, he was an advisor or an assistant. Yeah. It was, yeah. He's like yeah, some sort of like almost like almost almost like an intern. <laughs> yeah. He was like, like a yeah, promoted water boy. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So, to... so don't. They don't sit there. Oh my God! The Buccaneers had Sean McVay on their staff. They did, but kind of. No, I loved <laughs> when people found out. I love the reactions that are like, "I can't believe we let McVay go." Oh, I yeah. don't know why the Buccaneers yeah, do a, this a, all a, the time. An eighteen-year-old Sean McVay, right? Sure. Yeah, but just a cool little fun fact, and then of course the obvious one, the glaring thing that we have yet to mention: Buccaneers defensive lineman Indama Kasu was a starter on the Rams Super Bowl team. That unfortunately lost. And another thing people may not know, safety Darian Stewart played for the Rams from 2010 to 2013 when they were still in St. Louis. So not the L.A. Rams. I forgot Darian Stewart was on the team. Yeah, a lot of people do, so I'm here to remind you. But, yeah, those are some some matchups that will be interesting to see. It's kind of cool to think of just where the NFL takes these players and how some of them started in Tampa. But let's talk about the checklist. So, we've got some big things on the checklist. Number one, block Aaron Donald. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that sounds like a good plan. Uh, number two, block Aaron Donald, because it's going to yeah, take two guys like to do good, it. Very good plan. <laughs> number three, you're going to want to pressure Jared Goff, of course, because these guys have the ability to not only stretch the field against a uh, fairly weak Tampa Bay secondary, but... They've just got variety and they've got weapons everywhere. Yeah. So and then with McVeigh calling the plays, there's just so many different ways that they can do things. So absolutely. So you're gonna want to pressure Jared Goff, and you're really gonna want to hope that Shaq Barrett has another ridiculous game this week. I don't know if I want to go out and predict a three or four sack game once again, but I think he's gonna show up. I think he'll get us one sack. Yeah, I don't know. You don't know. I think the Dominicans do get the sack. Really. You think, they, you think they push him through just enough to get him to golf. I like it. I like the way you think, my man. So, you want to pressure Jared Goff, and then our third check on the checklist. Or fourth, I guess, because two of them were block Aaron Donald. <laughs> Another check on the checklist. You just want to be conservative on offense. Looking for Jameis to be conservative. You want him to get comfortable, uh, get the ball out of his hand quickly, and just get it to where it needs to go because... Like we said earlier, you're not going to have a lot of opportunities to stretch the field, so you got to get it out when you can, keep those chains yeah. moving, and wear down and, that Rams I mean, defense. 
by conservative, Rhett doesn't mean like run the run, 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 pass, no, run, run, no, run, no, pass. No, no, no. He means like you know, like passes that are safe, a, a screen, um, a quick slant, just take, take things, the things that you can execute well. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, a, a, a post to, to the corner that goes ten yards, like you know. Like that's those are the types of things you need, um, especially and you know especially because you have to play that way because you're just like I said you're not going to have as much time so yep. you're not going to be able to say hey Mike Evans run down the field and I'll hit you because <laughs> like most likely either Winston's taking a shot or he's taking a sack because right. he just he won't be able to have that much time absolutely and I mean you kind of think about the way that you want this offense to work you think about the conservative uh, throwing the check downs throwing the curl routes whatever it is. I think a guy who can step up and really help out a little bit more this week is Cameron Bright because he is just ridiculous at catching checkdowns. Like he, I mean, I'll say 99% of the time he's got it. He's not going to break many tackles, but even if he has a big-ass hit looming on him, he's going to catch the football, and yep. I think he'll show up this week. I agree. So Evan, well, I, I don't know if he'll show up, but eh. they don't want to seriously get him in there, but right. I, I agree that he's a safe checkdown guy. Yeah, I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll have some opportunities. But uh, what about you? You got anything you want to add to the checklist? Uh, yeah, one more. Block Aaron Donald. Block um, Aaron Donald. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's pretty important. Although, I mean, you know, you got to block the other guys too. Because, like I said, I love Dante Fowler. Um, like as like, like you know, if the Bucks really need like a pass rusher this off season, he's a free agent. You know, he'd be a top target. He's going to cost a pretty penny, which I and I don't think they'll need really because I think they'll end up paying Shaq Barrett a good bit. So yeah. Um, but if I'm any GM, I would have Dante Fowler on my list. Clay Matthews, like you you said, I was actually I didn't know that he had four sacks. Um, so it's a little bit surprising because last year in Green Bay, Kyle looked like a shell of himself. Yeah. Um, but you know he's he's productive right now so well, i'm in a new system and, and, he, and if he's hot you know if he's hot he's hot and uh then michael brockers michael brockers has quietly been one of the like i think the better defensive players in the nfl um and yeah he's just uh, a really good player and a really good compliment to donald so not only blocking it down but got to find a way to stop or at least slow down a lot of those other guys yeah, it's going to be intense in the pocket for Jameis Winston, but we'll see how this offensive line can handle it, and we'll see if they can capitalize. But ladies and gents, that is your weekly game checklist. I think that's what we'll call it. Maybe we'll call it like the game preview checklist, the uh, okay. the week four check, what the week four checklist, and then we'll just go week there by week. Go. There you go. There yeah, is your there week go. four checklist for the Bucks games against the Los Angeles Rams. Are we uh, are we doing uh, predict? No, we can squeeze in some predictions. We can do some predictions, and then I was thinking we'll throw a little bit of Buccaneers news out because uh, we do have one big update this week that we should talk about okay. at least a little bit. But uh, but yeah, man. So what is what is your prediction? I'll have you go first. Okay. Well, you know it, it, it's tough because I well, I'm going to say right now I don't think the Buccaneers win. Um, yeah. What, what, what's tough for me is the score because there's a way I could see this being like a really, really close game where like it comes down to like the final second, but I could also see like the Rams winning like pretty easily. Um, I'll go Rams 31-23. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm going with. Aaron Donald gets one sack. Okay. But overall, the Buccaneers can contain him okay. James Winston throws a touchdown and an interception. 
and the defense picks off Jared Goff once, but the defense just doesn't do enough uh, to stop the Rams enough, and that's that's why they lose eventually. Okay. I hear that final score total, and I'm going to add one more thing to my checklist. Uh, make your kicks. <laughs> Matt Gay Ooh, has yeah. to make his kicks. <laughs> yeah, and he's on the hot seat now. Yeah, and uh, if he misses anything, even if it's a PAT, well, I mean, if it's, be six, if it's a 65-yarder, then that's a little... You right, know, yeah. You should be excused on that one, but... Yeah, but uh, yeah, Matt Gay, make your kicks. But let me jump into this prediction here. Uh, I, I'm with you in a sense. I said that I don't see this being a very high-scoring game, and I think I'm going to trust my gut here and say that it won't be a super high-scoring game. I think the Rams will get vertical. I think their offense will get going. I think the secondary will get exposed. But I think the defense is going to do just enough to keep this as close as it needs to be. But I don't think the Bucks are going to win. I will say 21, no, 24, 14, or 24, 14 Rams. Okay. Like, I'll say it really kind of comes down to the wire. Fourth quarter, the Rams just get that extra touchdown in the last few minutes that kind of puts them up and over. And I don't know. You sort know of, me. Like, sort of like the Bucks didn't do against the Giants. Like, <laughs> score that last touchdown just to really put it away. So, like, right. with, like, four minutes, with, like, you know, with, like, four minutes left or whatever, and the Bucks had the ball, they don't kick a field goal, they... They score, score a touchdown, touchdown and win yeah. the game. Absolutely, I'm with you. And you know me, man, the eternal optimist. I, I mean, that's just oh, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm passionate yeah. about this team. Buck, but Bucks are back, and Mike Evans is a top three wide receiver. Oh, come and... on now, come on now. Don't argue me on that one. Don't argue yeah, me on that I, one. I, I will argue you on that one. That'll be a, so that'll far. Be a, he has not been a top. Three that'll receiver. be a week by week discussion. Well, we'll start at least, the segment, at least the I Mike Evans to, ranking for the week. At least I don't have to hear they're in first place. Yeah, at least you don't. Damn. Um, <laughs> so there is everything you need to know about this Tampa Bay Buccaneers game in week four. They're playing the Rams. It's going to be interesting to watch, but uh, truly. five, And then they finally have their first 1 p.m. game next week versus the Saints. So Man, that, week that's five weird. is the first time they had a 1 p.m. game. It's weird. Like it, it, These four o'clock games it. are weird. Yeah, this. because you wait all day. Oh, I hate it. You wait all day. Like If it's going to be horrible, I just want it to get over with. You know? <laughs> right. like, like Why wait for something horrible? There is a very small part of me that still has hope the Buccaneers shocked the NFL and beat the Rams. And Johnny B, actually, on the weekly Bucks break, he predicted the Bucks to win. Um, Johnny he's, he's more optimist than you yeah, are. Yeah, he's definitely a, a very, very passionate fan, but shout-out to our buddy Johnny B. Um, he picked the Bucks to win, so we'll see what happens. But hang on to your seats, folks. It'll be an interesting football game. So before we wrap things up and get out of here, we do have one bit of Tampa Bay Buccaneers news to go over for you, and it regards outside linebacker Jason Pierre-Paul. So... The Bucks and defensive end, outside linebacker Jason Pierre-Paul, have agreed to a reworked contract that now expires after this season. The Bucks cleared $4.4 million in cap space, while JPP gets a 10 mil plus, um, excuse me, 10 mil plus payday plus a path to free agency in Mark in March. A compromise for both sides because we know JPP is still rehabbing his neck injury. I don't want to be the one to assume that the Buccaneers 
restructuring JPP's compact, uh, contract to open up some cap space means they're going to sign Shaq Barrett. But I definitely think it puts the wheels in motion for it to happen before the end of the season. Am I? Yeah, I mean, are you are you with me? Yeah, that's that's what I. I don't know if the deal is going to get done, but I do know that the Bucks are going to be st- start to talk to uh, Barrett's agent over the next uh, few weeks here, um, and, and hope to get a deal done. As with you know a lot of players, you know they they really want to they want to bring Carl Nassib back. Um, yeah, Jerry's obviously still out on a Dominican Sioux. Um, it really, I think it'll all depend on price for him at season's end. Um, I don't think he'll sign for nine million, but if he's asking for like seven or so, I don't know if they give him seven. I think they're they're more in the you know, like the really like bargain deal, like four or five million dollar range for him. Yeah. Um, unless you know he goes on absolute tear, then he might get nine mil. But I just don't see him getting that again. Right. Uh, James Winston, I think he'll be back either way. Whether it's a long term deal or it's the franchise tag. Um, some information that I received, like he's not, he's not going to go anywhere this year. Um, especially since, you know, the Bucks still think, you know, they're in win now mode technically. So I would expect a pretty active off season from them. And this is just the, you know, the first move of them just trying to clear some money to help their case with Shaq Barrett. And, um, I don't think they expect to check Barrett to maybe get as much money as he's going to get. <laughs> right. Um, I think they're sort of expecting, all right, this guy, if we want to resign, we might cost seven to eight, nine million dollars. Now he might cost, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 million dollars. So, well, then you kind of look um, at the Bucks cap situation coming into this offseason. If I remember like, correctly, they're projected, I think, like 64 plus, right? Yeah, and now, plus? and now with JPP off the books, it's around 77 or so. Um, I believe they can free up another six if they cut or trade Cameron Brayton. They can free up another four and a half if they cut or trade Will Golson, um, as well as nine if they cut or trade Vernon Hargraves because the fifth-year option, it is it, they did accept it, so it kicks in, but it only kicks in at a certain date. So right. um, they can trade or release him and won't have to owe him anything. So right. they could potentially have close to $100 million if they really wanted it. Um, I personally think... I think Will Golson will be back. I think they might try to trade Cameron Brayton. It's too early for Hargraves. But I would guess since it's just an option year for Hargraves, I'd guess he's back. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to be make or break for a lot of the guys that we talked about this offseason past. Uh, a lot of the one-year guys. A lot of the guys that you, you just don't really expect to stick around. Like your Brashad Perrymans, who I don't really yep. expect to be here next year. To be honest, uh, your Dayon Buchanan, because we haven't seen a ton of him. Yeah, but they, they like him a lot, so I don't know. We'll see. You never really know. I'm sure it'll always come down to the depth. wire. It's always yeah. good to have that. I'm sure it'll come down to the wire, but these next few weeks are definitely going to shape up the guys who will, uh, well, who they're going to want on this team next year. Yeah, so, yeah they're, they're definitely going to they, – they definitely keep tabs of that, of whose contract's up, and, and they're looking at those guys pretty close. And I think, yeah. you know, their minds have already been made about Shaq Barrett pretty early. Yeah. So I think if it was – uh, really, they just want to get. It. I think they wanted to re-sign him anyway, but I think now they just want to get a head start, just because they know, like, if they do it now, they might be able to get a little bit of a bargain right now. So, oh yeah, and that's the like, big let's say, thing. Like, like you if sign it was... him, like fourteen million a year, or towards like the end of the year, maybe he's asking for eighteen instead. So, right, could save a little bit of money. But I'm sure Barrett's agent won't want to do that. But. You never really know. It really just depends on how he continues to produce. If it was up to you and I, and I'm sure 99% of Bucks well, fans out right there, he would have been signed. 42, he's on pace for 42 sacks, so I don't think that's going to happen. Right. So uh, so we'll see how he can continue to contribute. 
He's done a great job so far, and he's one of my favorite guys to watch on the defense because he is just making offensive tackles look stupid. Just hope, just hope he stays healthy. You know, because injuries can mess up a whole contract negotiation. Just look at Quan Alexander. You know, exactly. Bucks were pretty well ready to give him a, uh, a long-term contract extension. He gets injured, and they do the wait and see thing. And now Quan Alexander is a member of the 49ers. So yeah. So it's definitely interesting. Some sad news for Jason Pierre-Paul. Who knows? Maybe a deal could be made if he does he might, recover. He, might, he still has yeah, the rest of the oh. year as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. We might even see him in a uniform sometime before the end of the season. But that is your Bucks news for this week. Ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for listening or watching with video, whether it was on YouTube or BucksReport.com. You can follow the show on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All of those are pretty much Cannon Fire Podcast, so you can find us there. Follow myself on social media, Instagram and Twitter, at Redicus. You can follow my co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, on Instagram and Twitter, at BucksWave. Quick shout-out to our sponsor, Pinecrest Printing and Signs. Do you need an image for your business? Well, Pinecrest Printing and Signs has you covered in more ways than one. They've been providing the Tampa Bay business community with quality commercial printing and design since 2001. Their printing professionals are ready to provide you with quality marketing solutions for today's industry. They're also the newest sponsor of CFP. Make sure you give them a call at 813-684-5444 or check out the website at pinecrestprinting.com. One last thing before we get out of here. Last night was the Best of the Bay 2019 award ceremony. And if you, if you follow us on social media, you would see the nice plaque that we got that says Best Local Podcast. It's actually right in front of my face right now on the wall. Best of the Bay 2019 Reader's Poll Best Local Podcast CFP. Thank you so much to anyone who yeah. voted. I know we talked about it on the show before. I know people know that we won, but we cannot stress enough that Thank we, you would not, Appreciate it. we would not have won the award. And this show wouldn't be anything without anyone who tunes in week in and week out. So if you voted in the poll, thank you so much. And even if you're just listening to the show, thank Helps you for us. tuning in. Yeah, thank you, guys. We really, really appreciate it. And, uh, honestly, you know, didn't expect to win. But, you know, the fact that we did win just makes – you know, just, just reassures me how great you guys really are. So thank you guys a lot. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, we're just two Joe Schmoes <clears throat> with some opinions on the Bucks, and people choose to listen for some reason or another. But thank you so much for listening. That's just about going to do it for Episode 70. I am Rhett, signing off for Evan, and we'll talk to you after the game. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.